Welcome to the Two Tokens Podcast. During these episodes, we will invite guests onto our show and discuss everything token related. You can expect to hear about token business models, the underlying technology stack, token governance, but also our mainstream topics such as NFTs. Does this sound interesting to you? Then make sure you subscribe and keep listening. And now, on to the episode. I will ask the questions. Everybody, after all the, all the speakers be, uh, that come uh, later this afternoon, will answer all those questions. My job is to pose the questions. Okay, property law. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, we live in a market economy, and in a market economy, you have markets, and a market entails means the exchange of goods. It is the law, the legal infrastructure, which makes it possible to have this exchange of goods. In order to have this transaction in, uh, with this apple, I put into practice two parts of the law. That is contract law, and that is property law. I concluded a contract with Albert Heijn, uh, meaning that Albert Heijn was supposed to make me the owner of this apple, and, as, uh, and, and, and uh, I agreed to pay no less than one euro for this apple. That was the contract that created the obligation of Albert Heijn to deliver to me the apple, and it created the obligation for me to pay one euro. At that point in time, I was not the owner of the apple because that is part of property law. How does the ownership of the apple get transferred from Albert Heijn to me? Um, now that's what we will be discussing. But there are two different subjects, creating a contract, creating an obligation to transfer property and the actual transfer of property itself. Um, the first question is property law. What can be owned? How do we enter the area of property law? Um, it's the first article of book three of het burgerlijk wetboek, the civil code. Goederen zijn alle zaken en alle vermogensrechten. You can own zaken, things, physical objects, and you can own vermogensrechten, rights, proprietary rights or patrimonial rights. That's it. You cannot own anything else. So if it's not a property, if it's not a patrimonial right, if it's not a a thing, it means it cannot be owned. Uh, things are physical objects which can be manipulated by human beings, such as this apple, because I can pick it up and hold it in my hand. This is a physical object, it's, it can be owned. <coughs> uh, I cannot own the sea, I cannot own the sun, I cannot own the atmosphere, because that's not subject to human control. Uh, patrimonial rights, that's more difficult uh, because that's a creation of the law, it's not a physical thing, it is a right, uh, it's actually it's a rather complicated definition, but what it boils down to is that it is a right which can be transferred according to the system of the law 
or generates one way or the other value. Usual, it, uh, the usual case is that it's a transferable right. If it's not one of those categories, it cannot be owned. And why is it important to own something? And that is uh, the basic uh, rules, the basic characteristic of property law. Property law deals with absolute rights. If you own something, you have a right which can be enforced against the whole world. I own this apple. If this apple ends up in your bag or in your hand, I can enforce my ownership right against you. Uh, because it's my apple. And you should keep your hands off my apple. Uh, if it's just a contract, then it's not an absolute right. If you have a contract, you can only enforce your right against the person with whom you have concluded the contract. So you can, I could, I was able to, before I was owner of the apple, I could uh, force Albert Heijn to deliver the apple to me, but no one else in the world was obliged to hand over the apple to me. So that's important. Uh, if you have ownership, you have an absolute right. From that follow property law principles. One of the important principles of property law is the principle of specificity. You can only own specific objects. You can only own a specific apple. Uh, if you have gold bars stored in your safe, I took a picture of my own safe at home. Um, if you were to become owner of one of these gold bars, I cannot just sell you a gold bar. That would be in a contract. I would be obliged to deliver to you a gold bar. But if I go bankrupt, you would have nothing except a claim to file in my bankruptcy. In order to become the owner, it has a specific gold bar has to be <coughs> transferred to you. And you have to pinpoint the specific bar from of which you are to become the owner. For instance, this gold bar. The principle of specificity. That makes it that's relevant for the, uh, for, the, for, the, for the practice of tokenization. Because one way or the other, if you want to make somebody the owner of an apple or a gold bar or uh, an amount of uranium or a house or a claim, you will need to make sure that there's a connection between a specific item and the token. Uh, that's the principle of specificity. Uh, another, there are uh, many more principles of property law, but I will uh, just name one. Uh, another one, and that's the principle of publicity. Because property law deals with absolute rights which can be enforced against the whole world, it's important that the whole world is able to know that somebody has a property right. And if a thing is transferred, it's relevant for the whole world to know that something has changed. <coughs> now someone else has this most absolute right. Uh, the most extreme example of this publicity is when you buy a house, real estate, because that 
requires, according to Dutch law, that you go to uh, at the notary, he will make a notarial deed, a formal document, this is actual my own, uh, uh, this is one of my houses, uh, and that deed, that notarial deed, will be entered into a public register, and everybody can consult this register and know, hey, uh, this Versteile owns this house. Uh, that's the most extreme form of publicity, uh, usually with other items than real estate. Publicity is much weaker. If I order a pizza, there's also the need for publicity, but usually it is because the item, the object, is handed over physically. So uh, when I was at Albert Heijn this morning, there was a physical handing over of an apple. I walked in without an apple and I walked out of the door with the apple in my hand. But immediately you sense that this is a weak form of publicity because nobody who was, wasn't in the shop at Groningen Station this morning, and I bet that's every one of you, nobody, anyone outside of the Albert Heijn did not see this happening. <coughs> uh, so that's a very weak form of publicity. This is a strong suit of tokenization because that is an extreme form of publicity, just like the public register with the house. It's a sort of a public register, but then dealing with apples or gold bars. So that's, uh, it fulfills the principle of publicity much better than the conventional way of creating publicity. Um, okay, so those are the principles of property law. Let's put those principles into practice when we are actually transferring, transferring objects. We basically already covered that. Um, this is the st central article dealing with the transfer of property. Article 384. I did not translate it in English. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, but the main elements are what you need is a levering, a delivery pursuant to a valid title, valid title, valid title, performed by someone who has the power to dispose of the good, the right of disposal. Uh, all those three elements are required to have an actual transfer of a property right. And if something is wrong <coughs> with one of those items, there will be no transfer. The original owner will remain the owner as a starting point. There are exceptions, but I will not deal with those exceptions. Well, let's walk through those items. Who has the right to dispose? Who has the power of, of disposal? That is, in probably 99% of the cases, the owner of the object. I now own this apple. I have the power to dispose of this thing. If you are very hungry, you probably are willing to pay one euro fifty for this apple. Uh, it's my apple. I have the power to dispose. I can conclude a contract with you, you that you are to pay me one euro fifty, and I will deliver the apple to you. 
I can make you the owner of this apple because it's my apple. That's 99% of the cases. There are exceptions that somebody else has the power to dispose of an object. That is, for instance, if I go bankrupt. If I go bankrupt, a bankruptcy trustee will be appointed, <coughs> and he will have the power of disposal, he or she will have the power of disposal. The trustee will sell all my assets. He will be able to make somebody else uh, the owner, and he will uh, the, 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 he will uh, pay out all the proceeds to all my creditors. And usually, it is the owner. Anybody else than the owner is not able, has not, does, does not have the power of disposal. He's not able to transfer ownership. You can have all the tokens in the world. But if the person uh, having those tokens or whatever eh, does not actually own the object, he will not be able to perform, to, to, to realize a valid transfer. Uh, there are rules, this unless that's, that's, that's the bankruptcy trustee, there are exceptions. Uh, the second vital element is that there's a valid title. Uh, it's a very important thing that when property moves from one party to another party, it means that somebody loses his ownership. It could be a house, it can be a claim of one million dollars, it can be an aeroplane. Uh, so that's a big deal. If you lose that property, and you lose that property if it is transferred to another party. In the Netherlands, there are different systems in, in the world, but in the Netherlands, we think you should have sufficient reason to have this effect taken place. That sufficient reason is a valid title. Uh, so even if you have somebody who owns something, the Apple or the computer or whatever, uh, and there is a delivery, if there's something wrong with the title, there will be no actual transfer. The valid title is, again, in 99% of the cases, a contract. The fact that we conclude a contract, that we have a meeting of the wills, you're willing to pay me one euro fifty, I'm willing to transfer the apple to you for one euro. Uh, the fact that we are in agreement, that's a sufficient reason for this apple to become your property, because I'm choosing to do so, because I want your one euro fifty. Uh, but, we get to the but later, if there's something wrong with the contract, if it's invalid, if it's invalidated, if it's avoided, it also means that the transfer uh, is invalid. Uh, third element, <coughs> just a contract, by somebody who owns a thing, it's not enough. It also has to be delivered, a delivery has to take place. A formal act completing the transfer. Uh, so you create an obligation to transfer, it's the contract, and then you perform that obligation, you uh, deliver the object in order to actually have this other person become the owner. Uh, what 
the delivery requirements are depend on the sort of assets that you're dealing with. Um, if it's a movable, you have to uh, transfer, you have to uh, give somebody possession of the goods, usually by physically delivering the object, handing over the apple, the computer, the keys to the car, the keys to the bicycle. Uh, <coughs> there are other ways, and I think that those other ways will be discussed. And with movables, it might be, it might be the easiest case to perform an actual transfer according to present-day law through a um, uh, to, uh, the transfer of a token over the blockchain. So that would be relatively easy when you're dealing with movables, I think. But we'll hear more about that this afternoon. Uh, possession. If it's receivables, if we're talking about claims, I have a right against you to pay me one euro fifty, or I have a I've granted a loan and I have a right to be paid 1,000 euros or a million euros, that claim, that receivable, is also, that's a patrimonial right, can be transferred. The delivery of a receivable takes place uh, not through handing over, because there's nothing to hand over. You need, you usually have a, a private deed, a written document, uh, which has to be registered with the tax authorities. Other possibility is that you have a notification of, the, uh, you notify the debtor that the claim is being transferred. It's also the possibility of an authentic deed. Uh, this is the usual, because this is the cheapest way to do things, private deed and registration. Uh, if it's immovables, plot of land, parcel, uh, uh, house, uh, um, but also uh, registered good, also uh, ships, you need, I will explain it, a notarial deed which has to be entered into the public register. All these requirements have to be fulfilled in order to have an actual transfer take place. Property law, and because it's relevant for the whole world, has a lot of mandatory rules. You cannot deviate from this. In contract law, you have freedom of contract. You can agree to anything, most anything you want to agree to. But dealing with property law, you have to fulfill the requirements. <coughs> and up till now, you have not heard me say the word uh, token in the same sentence as a transfer. Perhaps I did, so, but uh, <laughs> uh, token is not a word in the civil code. Actually, I looked it up. There's, in the history of time, Parliament has not passed, Dutch Parliament has not passed an act using the word token, does not exist. So if you want to transfer something through a token on the blockchain, in present day law, you have to fulfill all these requirements. And sometimes it will not happen because, uh, well, for one thing, you have to have a deed, a written document. Uh, not only that, but it has to be registered with the tax 
authorities. And the last time I looked, it was not possible to register a token or something of that kind with the tax authorities. Uh, to conclude, what does it all mean for tokenization? Well, these formal requirements, well, they will, as the law is now, oftentimes stand in the way of an actual transfer taking place through the transfer of a token on the blockchain. Because sometimes it will be very difficult to fulfill the delivery requirements. Um, and if, if you're not able to do that, you will not have a transfer. It's as simple as that. Uh, also, titles, contracts, can go bust. They can, they can, something can go wrong. If a contract is concluded, for instance, under the influence of duress, or there has been a case of fraud, that contract can be avoided. The contract was valid when it was entered into, but it was under the influence of duress or a mistake or whatever. You can invalidate the title that has retroactive effect. So in retrospect, there has never been a valid contract. Because of our system of property law, that means there's never been a transfer. So even though looking at the blockchain, you see this sequence of transfers and there's a new owner <coughs> registered on the blockchain, he's not actually the owner because there's something wrong with the underlying contract. So even if you were able to fulfill the delivery requirements, the fact that the contract is invalidated means that also the transfer is invalidated, which means the blockchain provides incorrect information. Uh, and uh, that's actually also a, uh, an example that there's something wrong with the lack of disposal, because when some, uh, uh, somewhere in the chain of transfers if something goes wrong, it means that every person every involved in the transfer after that did not get ownership of the person who had the actual power of disposal. It looked like he had the power of disposal because he was registered on the blockchain. He appeared to be the owner, but he was not actually the owner, and therefore he had no power of disposal of the actual object. So which means that it's another reason why uh, all the subsequent transfers will fail because also this requirement uh, cannot be fulfilled. So if you want to go ahead with tokenization of real-world assets, if you want to actually transfer these objects through the blockchain, you have to change the law, you have to allow, if you change the formalities one way or the other in order to, um, to make this possible. As I said, it might be possible for some cases to do this, but there are considerable drawbacks. Well, that brings me to our next speaker, because um, uh, Liechtenstein has changed the law and has dealt with all these problems which I've, I've just mentioned. So, um, if we are going to change the law, if 
uh, it would be wise to, to listen to Thomas to see what problems they encountered and how these problems have been uh, solved and perhaps even how it works out in practice because it's been enforced now for, for a couple of years so there are experiences with uh, the blockchain and tokenization. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I give the floor to, I was going to say Thomas, but it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be Alex. No, no, no. That was it for today's podcast. Thank you for listening in and please subscribe so you don't miss out on our upcoming episodes. If you want to get in touch with us, you can find our contact details at www.twotokens.org.